I try to stay positive because at the end of the day, we are so blessed to be in this line of work, helping people, you know, and, and it might not just be, you know, helping them buy their first house. I mean, that's always fun and exciting, but it might be helping somebody with a spousal buyout. It might be helping somebody who's lost a parent and they're inheriting their house. So this is, you know, helping people in so many different ways that you can just go to bed at night and just feel good and feel positive that you help somebody through a difficult situation as well. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Today's show, I have Monica Chrysler. Monica's a mortgage broker based out of Hamilton, Ontario. Been in the business for 20 years and just an awesome, awesome human. Great conversation. And one of the things that I love about our conversation is that when I asked her, which is a question I'm going to start asking everybody, I think I really like this question, which is, what would your friends or people that know you really well say is your superpower? And she replied that it's that she has enthusiasm and experience. And she didn't say enthusiasm, but she's very positive minded. And so I love the fact that she's been in the business 20 plus years and still gets up every day excited about what she's doing and combines that enthusiasm that the new people typically have, but she has the experience as well. We have a fantastic conversation just about how she's built her business, her whole mindset around it. Also on this episode, I talked to Ben McCabe about common roadblocks in reverse mortgages. Before we jump into that, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection, submission platform designed specifically for Canadian borrowers, very easy to use. Once you have the application, you can then search Lender Spotlight for all the rates and guidelines. And finally, when you go to hit submit, it pulls all the key data from the application, puts them into submission notes. Check it out at lendescom slash Finmo and check out this conversation that I have with Monica. Hey, Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Scott. Hey, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. We were chatting a little bit before turning the recorder. And uh, before we jump into your story and just getting to know you a little bit better, tell me about how did you get into the mortgage business? How long have you been in the business? And then how did you end up here? So thank you for asking. I graduated from three-year business back in 1994, aging myself a little bit here. And my dad, at the time, he was pushing me to get a job at the bank. And I actually, you know, really trusted and wanted to follow in his footsteps. So I started working at Canada Trust in 1996, got the mutual fund license, worked up to financial services. But at that time, I was really living paycheck to paycheck, you know, just it couldn't really seem to get ahead. So my lawyer at the time came in and he was talking about this power woman that was a mortgage broker. And he said, you know, you really got to chat with this lady. So I had a conversation with her and I left the bank 10 days later. I had no backup plan. I had about minus $10 in my bank account and I haven't looked back, Scott. It's been the best thing I've ever done. Okay. What year was that? That was in 2002. Okay. And then how long did it take you to replace your teller salary in 2002? In three months. Right. So you the were first like, three months. I dang. was like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. What was I doing? All right. So it was literally just a random conversation with somebody and the inspiration that, hey, someone else could do it. Maybe I could too. Is that what it was? Or what made you take the leap to leave like a salary, basically, even if it wasn't a great one to something that was completely unknown? And back in 2002, mortgage brokering was not as well defined as it is today as you know. Exactly, exactly. There was a lot of people telling me, you know, are you crazy? You're on a salary. You know, you don't have a backup plan. And I just really went with my gut instinct that I was going to be able to do this. I crunched out the numbers and I said, well, I just have to close, you know, two or three mortgages per month. I'm already doing that here at the branch. 
to make the same amount. So I didn't go into it thinking I'm going to be this big talk producer because like you said, you know, mortgage brokering was not like a lot of people at the time did not know really what it was. And it was a learning experience for me. I just jumped in and said, Hey, I like doing mortgages. I enjoy talking to people. And this is just something that was inside my heart and my gut instinct that this was my future. Okay. So I'd love to ask you about a quote that's had an impact on your life for business. I personally love quotes. I have them all over the place, you know, and so can you share a quote that has really impacted you? Oh, I love that, Scott. I'm so glad you asked because in those 10 days of deciding, do I leave? Do I stay? I was in a doctor's office or something at the time flipping through a magazine. And I actually still have the quote and the page I ripped out on my- You stole from a doctor's office magazine? (laughs) I ripped out the page. It just spoke to me so much. And here it is. The fear of falling is nothing compared to the fear of never leaving the ground. And I'll just paint a picture. It was this strong lady just like climbing up the side of this mountain. And I really was more fearful of just like being in a stuck position where I was. That was scarier to me than, you know, taking this leap and climbing that mountain and seeing where it went. Right. At that point, how long have you been at the bank? At that point, seven years, six, seven years. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was like, all right. So can you share something that you failed at, but now looking back, there was a lesson for you? So failure is a bad word for me. Um, (laughs) I actually, I like that. I have that philosophy too. I, it's like, I don't even think of it that way either. I use it to try and frame this question, but the fact that you reframed it, I love it. So keep, yeah, <laughs> yeah. keep going. So I have a philosophy that it doesn't matter how many times you fall, it matters how many times you get up. And that's how I've lived my entire life, like inside the mortgage business and outside. You know, and this is what I tell my agents on my team. And I have to still tell myself if a client, you know, maybe they go somewhere else, you put 10, 15 hours in for whatever reason, they go somewhere else you know what, you can't dwell on it. You've got to just, you know, pour yourself a glass of wine, burn the file, whatever you got to do, and just yell out next, (laughs) move on to the next file. Just burn it. You're done. You're dead to me. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, just learn from it. Just, you know, and humbleize yourself and say, what could I have done better in that moment? And then just move on to the next one, move on to somebody who is going to appreciate you in your time. Right. Can you give me an example of a time you had to do this recently? Like you can probably think back, but like where you actually had to have this like little mini pep talk with yourself about, okay, because I'm the same way. I think of failure. I think everything is just building blocks of like, you know, the challenges are just building blocks that you just need to reassemble them to figure out what that looks like. And so, but what about for you? Can you think of a time? And it doesn't have to be necessarily a file that you burned and had drank wine over, <laughs> uh, but it could be something else. So just, I'm just curious about a failure that you reframed and learned from. You know, just again, sometimes with some clients it's like pulling teeth right and you can't humanly connect with every single person out there you know you really try but again this is what i've had to tell myself over the years if it's just maybe a personality conflict or something's not working you know don't hesitate to keep banging your head against the wall just say it's just not working out like maybe you need to find someone that this is working like if you've asked somebody a thousand times for the same documents and you're just banging your head on the wall you know, you've got somebody over here waiting for you to help them, you have to just cut that off. So that's what I've learned over the years is, you know, but when I first started, I would try to just, you know, make everything happen. And you have to get to the point where you're just focusing on people that are appreciating you what you're doing for them. 
and don't hesitate to let somebody go if you have to. And that's it. So how, how do you do Okay. Do you actually just like stop following up or do you send them like a breakup text or like what, a breakup emoji? A breakup what, email. <laughs> okay. What is the breakup email? What do you say in that breakup email? I just say, I really appreciate the opportunity, but I don't think this is working out. And then do people sometimes like reset and go, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, please don't fire me. Does that ever happen? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't happen very often. This is, you know, maybe happened two or three times over the last 25 years, but you know, you have to think of your mental health as well, because we are working long hours and we're putting our all in every single day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these people will just drain you and you yeah. have to stay mentally strong in this line of work. So yeah, you just send the message and you, you know, you just say, this isn't working out. And sometimes they say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'll get that to you right away. And sometimes, you know, they just don't answer and you go on to the person that is actually listening to what you're trying to help them out. Right. With. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Before we chat and asked you kind of an odd question, I was like, what do you think your superpower is? And you had a very humble, but honest answer, I thought, which was that you have a ton of enthusiasm. Explain to me what your lawyer said when your lawyer gave you a compliment, because I, I want to dive into this a little bit. So when I asked you that question, you shared with me something your lawyer had said about you. So what did they say? Yes, thank you. So he said that some mortgage agents are very, very nice, but they don't necessarily know exactly what they're doing. And some, they know what they're doing, but they're not so nice. So he said, I'm sort of that mix of, you know, very knowledgeable, but also easy to work with, friendly to work with. Right. So you have experience and as I was saying, and enthusiasm, you haven't lost that kind of joy and excitement of what you're doing, which sometimes people get a bit jaded because it's gotten harder. Like the thing people don't realize is I'm sure you know this, but this business is harder than it was in 2002 or I started in 2006. It is more complex. It is more competitive. It is more difficult. Would you agree with that statement or you disagree? Absolutely agree. We have to be on our game. We have to be, you know, answering the phone, getting back to people right away, you know, looking into different lender products. And we have to have phone conversations. We can't be just, you know, whipping off those quick emails. We have to put that time in to have those detailed conversations to get to know our clients and, you know, send them a detailed recommendation. We have to work harder now, you know, harder than ever. Right. And so were you always this way? Did you always have this sort of positive bent or how do you stay that way given, you know, the ups and downs and challenges of our business? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I try to stay positive. Like we all have our moments in the last couple of years have been pretty brutal, but I try to stay positive because at the end of the day, we are so blessed to be in this line of work, helping people, you know, and, and it might not just be, you know, helping them buy their first house. I mean, that's always fun and exciting, but it might be helping somebody with a spousal buyout. It might be helping somebody who's lost a parent and they're inheriting their house. So this is, you know, helping people in so many different ways that, you can just go to bed at night and just feel good and feel positive that you help somebody through a difficult situation as well. Right. That's really good. And then, so what would you say is your single biggest improvement or change you've made to your business in the last 12 months? So in the last 12 months, I really try to stay focused, avoid, you know, distraction, just eliminate distractions around me and get on social media a little bit more because, you know, when I first started, I wasn't on Facebook and there was no Instagram. It was pick up the phone, mail a letter. So the last uh, year I've been trying to get out there on the social media, you know, it's free advertising and just to let people know I'm still here if you need me. I don't like to, you know, pound it in and be popping up every single day, but I do like to have a little bit more of a presence to say that I'm still here. Okay. And so what kind of things have worked for you in social media since it's a new thing you're venturing into? What has worked for you? 
Yeah, so I do believe that you always have to be true to your authentic self, no matter what. So don't, you know, look at what somebody else is doing and try to duplicate that. Just think, you know, what message am I trying to give to my clients? And, you know, just be approachable and, you know, just make sure your face is out there and a little bit of content and contact information. But really, at the end of the day, it's just being authentic and come up with, you know, your own image that you're trying to portray to your clients and stick with that. Right. Yeah. And that always does the best anyway. Like if it's too polished, people go, ah, I'd rather you be authentic than something so polished that it doesn't even sound human anymore. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, okay. So you added social media and then have you changed anything with your process? So in the last you know year or so, any technology or process changes that you've found that have helped you? I still use expert. I like purview, but I am looking at some other technology right now. I'm always open to anything that's coming in my direction, but with, you know, being so busy the last couple of years, it's been tough to close deals and really throw myself into some more new technology, but I'm definitely with it being a little bit slower right now, this is a good time for me to do that. Yeah, this is a great time actually to retool any of that stuff in your business and be like, okay, like, is this actually how I want it to look long term? And, you know, because we didn't have time in the last two years, you're just flat out, right? So what's one change you're planning for your business in the next 90 days? Scott, I'm glad you asked me that question. <laughs> I have got to take some more time for self-care. I've got to, you know, get back to my workouts because at the end of the day, when you're feeling more energized and alive, you're more productive. You can operate at a higher level with your clients. And that's, I'm just, you know, been feeling just sitting at the desk too many hours, right? So just yep. getting back to those workouts, like during the day at some point or, you know, late at night, whatever I've got to do, but that definitely has to get back into the schedule because, you know, I don't want to sound like you said, just all dried up to my clients. I still want to sound enthusiastic and energized. Yeah, exercise is really good, actually, for yourself. I always find, like, just going for a walk can reset. My physiology can affect my psychology. And so you're like, ah, you go for a walk or something, and you're like, well, it does change things. So you don't have to just muscle through things sometimes with just, you know, I find that really helpful. So Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Um, the fresh air, too. It's so important. It totally is. Okay, so I'm going to ask some rapid-fire questions. You can answer with shorter answers if you like. What's one thing people can't find out about you from Google? Well, my level of dedication so my daughters are 13 and 16 now. And, you know, I could tell you some crazy stories when I started brokering of, you know, even just pulling the car over and writing an application down on the back of a diaper. <laughs> so if somebody <laughs> Google searches me, they won't know that. But they won't know that. But that's just before Instagram, probably or not. You weren't on Instagram saying, hey, Instagram, I'm just taking a mortgage app here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. They didn't remember that, right? Because I didn't take maternity leave. So they have been born into this. They do remember always you know, mom selling mortgages. And they actually kicked me out of the hospital when I had my second daughter because I was working. And they said, okay, I think you need to leave now. <laughs> They're like, you need to go. Right. That's hilarious. <laughs> What's a movie everybody should watch at least once? Boogie Nights with Mark Wahlberg, hands down. It's a movie about making mistakes, finding your own path, rebounding from setbacks. And in success, always stay humble. And I love the music in that movie too. <laughs> right. I haven't seen that in a long time, actually. But what's one software program or digital tool you can't run your business without? You said expert. What else? Uh, I just love Purview. Because when I started brokering, you know, we didn't have that that format. So, so when, when do you use it? What triggers in your mind? I, okay, I'm going to use Purview for this file. Or is it always on every file? You know, some clients, you know, they're just not really sure what their house value is. Or, you know, seeing who is on title and just getting that history of the property. 
So I don't have to, you know, drain the clients through these questions, you know, when did you purchase? And I just don't have to, you know, mind twist them to go back 15 years. It's all on purview. And I love sending them a copy and the clients do like to take a look at it. They find it very informative. And how accurate do you find the value compared to what you're getting for appraisals? I mean, this is a snapshot. So like, how are you noticing today? Yeah. So if it's a residential area, it's pretty close. If it, you know, if we go into an outside area, sometimes it's, you know, spot on, sometimes it's way off, but it's a starting point for sure. Right. Have you heard of a website called honestdoor.com? Yes. Have you used that? No, I haven't, but I have a list of that one's on there too. Things that I've got to look into this year while I've got a little bit more downtime. Okay. Yeah. I played around with that. It's actually pretty interesting. The amount of data they do give you on honest door. I don't know where they're pulling all that data from, but it's definitely interesting to check out. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think is going to happen with rates in the next 12 months? What is your guess, your prediction? So from my experience, you know, whenever it comes up, it does come down. We sort of went through this in uh, back in 2008. I think that the rates will hold steady uh, for a little while this year. I mean, they're just trying to squeeze everybody as much as possible. And, you know, we've been telling everybody to get that backup plan, get that secured line of credit. But, you know, at the end of the day, almost 70% of Canadians are homeowners. So if they don't eventually adjust and decrease sooner than later, it's not going to be good. So I am hopeful that, you know, the summer will see some movement. I don't know if that's being really optimistic, but it definitely will eventually come down. Just hoping and praying it's sooner than later. Yeah, totally agree. And then, so remember the movie Back to the Future, they got the car, the DeLorean, I put you in it, send you back to your first day as a mortgage broker, 2002. And you could sit across the table from yourself and say, Monica, pay attention, do these three things. What would you tell yourself if you could go back and have that conversation? So that is a fantastic question. I would be more cautious with who I bring into my mortgage world, my office space, just having some helpers and things over the years. And also I would have, you know, maybe less expectations of people actually being happy for me for any success. You know, you sort of think that some people would be excited, but they're not. (laughs) And, you know, just don't trust everyone. Just, you know, be a little more cautious. You know, I've been doing my thing for over 25 years and you know, we just have to be cautious of who we let into this hard work. And that's what I would Are you meaning in terms of referral sources there? Are you meaning clients or both or? In this line of work, you know, my husband always says, oh, you make it look so easy, you know, and as you know, it's not easy. It's really hard. And some people say, I want to do what you do. And you start, try to hold their hand and take them through. And, you know, you may spend years training them and then they go somewhere else. So it's just something that you've got to be you know, a little more cautious, you know, if I could turn back time, I would just focus more on myself and my own business, my own family. Right. Yeah. I've heard that happen. Actually, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, cool. So where do people find you online? Uh, So I have a Facebook page, uh, Monica Chrysler, and my business page is Monica, the Mortgage Lady Incorporated, Facebook and Instagram, Monica, the Mortgage Lady Incorporated. And yeah, they can call, text, email, find me through Google. And that's a great last name, by the way, Chrysler. It just sounds like, you know, Peckford is like... <laughs> my husband will be happy to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good last name. Like my last name, like every time I go to a store and I, they use a B instead of a P, maybe I don't enunciate. It's like Peckford with a P and they're like, Beckford? I'm like, no. Anyway, and oh, you know, what's funny. So my dad remarried a few years ago and he married somebody with the last name Ford. And so my dad's name is Henry. So if he took her last name, he would be Henry Ford instead of Henry Peckford, <laughs> which would be hilarious. <laughs> he should have took her name. Too good. Uh, anyway, 
I don't know where I thought of that. This is my ADD kicking in Chrysler, Henry Ford. Like I, some of this stuff doesn't even make sense, but okay. Thank you, Monica, for coming to chat with me. And uh, it's awesome what you're doing and keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you for having me. I hope you have a great day. All right. Thanks again for uh, listening to that conversation with Monica. Hopefully you were inspired by just her personality and her drive and just mindset. I thought it was a fantastic conversation. In this next segment, we're going to be talking to Ben McCabe about common roadblocks in reverse mortgages. Hey, Ben, welcome to Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott. How's it going? Good, man. What topic do we got today? So yeah, um, I thought we'd talk about some kind of common roadblocks that people run into in the reverse mortgage sales process and how to try to overcome those. Okay, so tell me about what do you typically see when there's a broker who's like, hey, I get this. What kind of roadblocks are they typically running into? Yeah, so I mean, like number one is just sort of not having, call it the basic requisite knowledge of the product, right? Like a broker doesn't need to be an expert in a reverse mortgage. You know, I mean, like I think we've talked about before, you know, brokers can, you know, refer their reverse mortgage business over to product experts like us or other providers. But I think it's really important to basically develop a baseline level of knowledge about the product. You want to be able to answer all those kind of common FAQs because people think they know more about reverse mortgages than they do. And customers come into this kind of like the reverse mortgage world with a lot of misconceptions and maybe even some sort of negative prior thoughts about reverse mortgages. So having that kind of baseline level of knowledge, how does it work? When do customers have to pay back? Being able to address those common misconceptions, like I won't own my home anymore, my equity is going to disappear, the bank's going to call my loan. You want to be able to address those kind of basic FAQs and misconceptions. And an easy way for a reverse mortgage to kind of die on the vine is if those kind of main basic items can't be addressed up front. Right. So if you had to highlight a couple of those, you said one is I'm not going to be able to own my home. Give me the couple of them that you typically see. Yeah. I mean, the classic misconceptions around reverse mortgages are, you know, A, I'm not going to own my home anymore. The bank's going to own my home or weird things like that. People don't understand. It's just like any other mortgage. Yeah. Uh, you continue to own 100% of your home. People think their equity is going to disappear with the growing balance. We can talk about that in more detail. Next, people think that the bank can call their loan at any time, which again, is not the case. You know, there's no callability on these loans unless the borrower defaults. But like our website, you know, our competitors' websites have like tons of articles, FAQs, you know, pull up our YouTube page, this. a lot yeah. of this stuff. Or I'll be forced to move out another one, right? Yeah. Like that's exactly. So, yeah. But, so basically, the first thing is just really you got to understand the product. Just, you don't need to be an expert, but you understand. What would be the second role the basics. brokers have? Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of mortgages. circling back to what we said before, this kind of the most common misconception about reverse mortgages is this idea of people understand the balance is going to grow over time, but it's really hard to kind of do that mental math. What does that mean in terms of my home equity over time? Right. People have this idea that with the growing balance, their equity is going to get wiped out in a short amount of time. And the reality is, is that's just not the case in the vast majority of scenarios. And the most powerful way to address that is just by simply providing a very simple financial outline showing, okay, here's the balance in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, assuming different levels of home price appreciation, but your home value is going to be worth in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And it's really, really easy to show that in most cases, their equity is going to actually grow over time alongside the reverse mortgage balance. It's just not that intuitive for people. So being able to right. provide that financial outline, that tool to people so they can see it themselves, we have those tools on our website. You know, we can provide an actual sort of just physical paper outline for people if you want to provide that. But being able to provide that forward-looking view to show people what this is going to look like is really important. Over a time period, yeah. Okay, so you got to have a basic understanding of the product. You should do some sort of financial modeling or, you know, number crunching for them. What would be the, kind of the last thing that you'd say that you see as a roadblock that people have to selling reverse mortgages? 
Yeah. So, I mean, adult children are very often the gatekeepers in the reverse mortgage product, either directly because they're directly involved in the process or they're intervening in the process or indirectly because people have sort of a psychological barrier. They really want to leave as much as possible to their children and they're worried that they won't have enough left over if they get a reverse mortgage. So, you know, in order to address that last point, I think, you know, the financial outline we just talked about is a really valuable tool. But in terms of actually sort of the pushback from adult children themselves, a lot of that just comes from like misconceptions and a lack of knowledge about the product. And I think one of the things that we try to do as much as possible when we're dealing with customers directly is if they have family members who are raising concerns about the product, you know, we try not to leave it to the customer to try to explain to their family what we explain to them. Oftentimes what we'll suggest is like, why don't we just all get on a full family call and we can address people's concerns directly? Because a lot of people, like I said before, just don't have the knowledge. And if we can just answer those kind of basic misconceptions, those basic, you know, product features up front, that can really knock down a lot of those barriers. Yeah, you know, that reminds me of like when you got a first-time buyer, you've got the opposite of this happening, right? Like I'd work with first-time buyers and the parents are like, no, no, you got to talk to my person at whatever, RBC. And I found that if there was someone else that was a decision maker in the process, the best thing to do is also get them on the phone or get them on a call. I like the idea of calling on a family call and answering questions. And 99% of the time, if I did that, I was fine. The problem is there's a mismatch in information. They okay. have your customer, whether it's a first-time buyer or it's, the, you know, the adult parent who has the information of the reverse mortgage and the other person doesn't. And so you've got to fix that. And the best way to do that is to confront it instead of don't avoid it. Like that's the worst thing to do because then people won't get good advice. And ultimately, even when it comes to the reverse mortgages, the key here is that this is a tool for helping people with cash flow, with lifestyle, with staying in their home. And those things matter. Like we make all kinds of decisions every day, you know, with what we do with our money in our life that ultimately comes down to like when somebody goes from a $3,000 a month in or like a $1,000 a month extra income to 3,000, that makes a big difference because now they don't have these payments. And I think, you know, smart mortgage workers understand that we're solving problems for people. We're just using these tools, reverse mortgages in this case. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's realizing what product you're actually selling, right? Like you're not selling yeah. a reverse mortgage. A reverse mortgage is a means to an end. The product you're selling is the lifestyle that your client can enjoy once they fix this financial problem, once they fix their cash flow problem. You know, being able to show them like this is your after debt service cash flow now when you factor in your mortgage payment. This is what it's going to look like later and and help people sort of think through that, like what that means in terms of their lifestyle after this transaction. That's really the key to getting people comfortable with this product. And the vast majority of Canadians, a lot of their net worth is tied up in their home and selling their home, would that make sense right now versus is what the home we were, yeah, we're in a down market currently. We're you know, going to listen to this. We're probably going to be down market for a while, but 10 years from now, you know, like I just bought a place in March of last year, peak of the market. I always buy a peak of the market, by the way. So if you want to know when to peak of the market is, just reach out. But I, I don't want to sell it. I would lose money today. But the key is, is that you play a long game with real estate. And so you 10 years or, you know, uh, and I think that you're always better off. Anyway, that's just my, you know. That's right my bias from being in, in this business for 16, 17 years. Okay. So any last thoughts on this whole roadblocks for reverse mortgages? No, I mean, just to summarize, I think, you know, just developing that baseline level of knowledge so you can answer those frequently asked questions, being able to illustrate for people, you know, what this reverse mortgage is going to look like and help them sort of conceptualize that because there's, it's really easy to not understand the nature of the growing balance and home price appreciation, all that kind of stuff, but put it right in front of people. You know, address the family issues up front, suggest a full family call to address those questions. And and then, yeah, just like, like as you were just saying, let's think about what actual product you're selling, which is the lifestyle the customer's going to achieve yeah, after. Absolutely. 
Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Okay, so if you're listening to this and his team at Bloom Finance, you can check them out at bloomfin.ca. They're fantastic at reverse mortgages. They understand all this stuff. They've got product experts. They can help you understand it so you can overcome the gaps in your knowledge. They've got tools for helping with the financial modeling of this. And they've done this tons to be able to help people have those conversations with their adult children. So check them out. Ben, thanks for chatting with me, man. Congratulations on your success in the last year. Thanks a lot, Scott. Thanks again for listening to this episode, my conversation with Monica and Ben. If you're listening to this, I recommend you go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com. You can set up a free power search account, search keywords, and find 400 to 500 plus episodes we have in there. And literally, it's amazing for doing research for your mortgage business. Check it out. Totally free. And I will see you on the next episode. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.